you're like so gay. Hello, all of you sexual deviants and sexual deviant wannabes. What is up? My name is Aaron. Welcome to Queering the Air. I am alone this evening on the podcast. Well, not on the podcast, but I'm alone right now. I'm actually sitting in my room in the dark <laughs> recording this intro. Um, but I'm going to keep it brief and I'm going to keep it succinct and to the point so that we can get into this amazing episode. This week, Matt has been drowning with finals because he's in law school. Um, so I enlisted the help of a dear friend, Ian, who was on the podcast with Sydney a few weeks back the episodes Romy and Matt's high school reunion and then it smells like internalized homophobia in here it was actually a two-part episode with Ian um, but Ian interviews people for his job and is very thoughtful and good at it and so we we called on our dear friend to help interview this week and yeah it was awesome uh, we're joined this week by none other than my dear friend Matt Crawford who I've known for a while uh, and yeah it's a very very personal episode and i'm really excited about it and very happy with it um i apologize that the sound quality is not perfect (laughs) uh yeah still trying to figure out the whole two boys one mic type of situation but i hope everyone enjoys the episode if you did as always let us know uh you can also subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to your podcast on and rate us five stars on apple yeah, like I said, I'm going to try to keep this super brief because it's already a long interview as is. I guess this is also potentially a good time to talk about uh, a potential break and uh, the beginning of season two because, I don't know, I yeah, when we started this, I didn't really think about like seasons and starting and stopping and taking breaks and stuff, but girls and gays and theys and thems, uh, I am a tired little boy. <laughs> Um, I am definitely a little bit burned out from life. I've just been uh, very overwhelmed the past few weeks. Not overwhelmed in a bad way, but like overextending myself. I've been doing a lot. You know, I have a job and a podcast and I've been making videos and I have been doing freelance work and photographing lots of people. Just really trying to milk 2020 for all that it's worth. It's not worth very much, but been trying to like squeeze any life out of it, you know, before before the break and before this is a very long-winded way of me saying that i'm tired and i kind of need a break uh and matt and i are trying to regroup a little bit before potentially starting season two we want to switch up the format a little bit have a lot of ideas and i think that taking uh potentially a month off to just kind of uh hammer out those ideas pre-record a bunch of interviews get get the bearings and you know get our heads on straight well get our heads on gay Ah, oh my god i need to go to bed so i think we're gonna finish off the year and then potentially take january off uh and then begin with new interviews again in february it's always nice to have a little break and then come back re-energized and revamped and all of those things but or maybe we'll upload episodes but it'll just be like conversations and like not interview based episodes like maybe it'll be a month of kind of just like getting to know us more (laughs) i am not totally sure about all that yet but just so that we're all on the same page you know Anyways, without further ado, let's get into this interview. Uh, Thank you again to Ian for interviewing with me. Uh, Appreciate you. His Instagram will be linked in the episode as well as Matthew's. Much love and appreciation to Matthew. Appreciate his time and his story and his openness and his friendship and everything. So 
uh, yeah, we're going to spread good vibes on this episode and we're just going to, well, I mean, we only have room for good vibes the rest of this year and the rest of our lives. Okay. Yeah. No negativity here. Cool. All right. Signing off. Talk to you all again next week. And until then, I don't know. Oh my God. I'm ending it like a YouTube video. I'm literally on autopilot. All right. Enjoy the interview. to be a quite a different episode uh matthew was not here a different matthew is here the other i'm matthew. joined with ian who's interviewing with me today hello hello and we have a lovely daddy croft here <laughs> not, not that. No, yes can't. that she can't come to the oh, phone right now she can't she's dead hi everyone it's me it's me it's matt me. crawford it's me matt crawford shadow <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, how did you guys that. first meet? Like through YouTube stuff or? Oh, for sure. Uh, for what, sure. What's it called? Uh, um, what's the YouTube? VidCon. VidCon. <laughs> we met through VidCon. Yeah. We met through, a, did we meet through Daniel? Joey. Joey. Mm-hmm. Daniel and then all the other. The gays. The gays. The gays. You know, the YouTube gays. Giant small world of Yeah, gays. it's very small. Yeah, we met at VidCon in 2016. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I actually visited Los Angeles, and then that's when I decided. Did you move there that trip too? That was that was like the deciding factor of like, okay, I want to move here. Wow! Little did I know that I was in for a fucking trip. ride of your life. <laughs> um, wild, yeah, wild. Where are you from originally? I ask as if I don't already know. I'm from <laughs> Ohio, which for those of you who don't know is next to oh, what is it next to? <laughs> it's, it's next I don't to, know. It's next to Pennsylvania. It's North Carolina. You know, a lot of people. No. Oh God, no! <laughs> uh, you know that whole section of just the middle America, the middle northeast, have, south, yeah, just that area, south of the northeast, but it's still in the northeast. Yes. I love Ohio. I actually spent a lot of time in my childhood there. I mean, not love. That's a very strong (laughs) word. My mom's family is from there. Have fond memories. Yeah, respect is probably a more adequate word. Um, Yeah, it's quaint. It's cute. It's quiet. Um, A lot of red... Can I say that? A lot of Trump... Conservative? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Totally. Also, I, I don't this isn't Instagram. That, we won't censor you. No, know. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, fuck that. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. We're not shot about any of shit. We're putting a spotlight on you. <laughs> I get to use my voice here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, thank God we won. But sadly, a lot of my family members did vote for Trump. So Oof. that just, I mean, there, there's Ohio in a nutshell. Oof. Snow, cornfields, and Do they Trump's all know quarters. that you're not straight? Oh, yeah. Um, that was lovely Christmas morning of 2000. You came out on Christmas? I came out on Christmas. So basically every year for Christmas, um, we go to Florida and that's like one of the only times I'm with all of my like immediate family and extended family, like grandparents, uncles, aunts. And I was just like, you know, I might as well just get it done. Like go out <laughs> with the band. Like, I'd rather just say it. Rip the bandaid. Yeah. Rip the bandaid off. I don't want to have like individual conversations cause no, I was just not ready for that. 
Um, he held a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have something to say. <laughs> no, literally, that's kind of how it went. I mean, it was it was nice that I didn't get any like crazy like shocking story of like pack your bags and leave. Thank God. Thank God. Um, but you know, it definitely took my. Did you ever think that that was like a possibility? Um. Thankfully, no, because I just, I have a really good support system. I think my family is very, like, loving unconditionally. But, like, honest to God, I thought my grandpa was going to be the one to be like, oh, (laughs) that's all I (laughs) (laughs) I thought my grandfather was going to be the one to be the most, like, apprehensive. Is that? Sure. Yeah. And... He was like the most like. What he the fuck you, yeah, he didn't give a fuck. My mom actually, who is very liberal, very like, you know, pushes all not the gay agenda, but like she's just like an ally for sure. Mm-hmm. But at first, she was, you know, did the whole. Are you sure it's not a face? Oh. I was no. like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> like you and then she went on to be like you know because in college I you know experimented with women and I was like please stop right now two An different icon. two different An things yeah, two different stories <laughs> but yeah I mean overall like it ended up being great is it something that we like actively talk about no but they're supportive and I love them shout out to mom and oh. all my fam <laughs> <laughs> My supporters. <laughs> the reason Love my fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, so. Nice. But my heart does go out to people that, you know, go through the hardship of coming out and being rejected. Like, it really is. Yeah. Like a trip. And we got to be no. careful. Yeah, yeah totally. it's never easy to come out. No. Even when it's easy, it's not easy. Even, yeah. Yeah. And it's different for everyone. And, you know, I recently saw something. I forgot who it was. I think it was Milk, mm. a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And he, it wasn't like a rant, but it was like this whole story of him kind of explaining, like, how the gay community, like, we don't push coming out, but, like, we encourage it, like, heavily, obviously. But he was going kind of like, you know, don't come out if you're not ready or if it isn't safe. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that approach. I'm like, oh, that's new and, like, refreshing and, like, we shouldn't be I mean yes like equality and like love yeah everyone but yeah but coming out in the middle of com- North Dakota is different than yeah or in even LA. in like, like even in like the Middle East or like yeah I think we forgot how privileged we exactly. are being in America yeah, like even is. in the worst even in the worst places in America it's like so different from the rest of the world yeah well and just the fact that it's legal like yeah exactly the worst stage in America like the you're bare still minimum <laughs> yeah you're still dealing with like social stigma and like people's own prejudice rather than like there could be legal repercussions and like no sort of solace but on a lighter note how do you like (laughs) on uh, a lighter note how do you like the la gay scene because i'm always curious because i feel like the rep on the east coast because i really have not been to la very much um that it's like very superficial like very like gay sceney is that true or no Sips to you. <laughs> What's your experience been like in oh the LA gay scene? Girl, I feel like I've ran through the whole thing like twice over, been there, done that. I mean, I feel very lucky to have experienced it at 21. 
Like it was, oh my God, it was like the time of my life. Like, true. I think oh, there's just, there's the so Abby. much. <laughs> there's, there's so much to like the gay scene and like, not even the nightlife, but just the whole agenda. I, mm. I feel like you can get lost in it very easily. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if we're just talking about like strictly like clubs and like the neighborhood or whatever, I don't know. Like, what are you asking specifically? Just like overall? Yeah, because I feel like every city is, like, very different. Like, I know San Francisco is so different from New York, which is different from Boston. Uh, There is no gay scene in Boston, ironically. There are plenty of not-straight people in Boston. Yeah, but there's no scene. Only Club Cafe. (laughs) Like, I guess what I'm asking is, is it, like, really, like, all about the six-pack, all about, like, Mm. who you know? Mm. I think... Is it what it looks like? It's on so it's so difficult because like pre quarantine. <laughs> yes, obviously pre quarantine. It's just yeah, pre quarantine. Oh, for sure. I think it went from that and then slowly evolved into like social media, like social light popularity, like influencers were like, you know, the hot shit and like having a table at the Abbey with, I don't mm. want to say any names, but like, <laughs> we can bleep know, and blur here. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, you know, all the drama with like <laughs> and sugar babies and like blur that out. I will. But it's just, it's, yeah, it's a trip. Honestly, I it's strange. I loved it. I lived it. I'm very grateful for it. I'm definitely past it. I consider myself, I'm just tired. I'm old. I'm like the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) All right, Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) I feel like, I mean. Matt, when do you turn 26? When when is your next birthday? When is my next birthday? December 14th. Oh my gosh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. This is my birthday podcast, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Sagittarius. Gang, gang, gang. (laughs) (laughs) Are you into astrology? Um, Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the first three well, when I was dating. Like one of the first three questions like oh, what's your name? Where are you from? What's your sign? Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. I think there's a lot that you can take from it. And there are things that you can just I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but I have found things that have been very aligned. It's like yeah. Like my Have you ever like much. not thought with someone like because you found out this sign oh no i would never be like that i mean i always you know i love to give people the benefit of the doubt but but then in the end there's like lines up and makes sense (laughs) leos tend to be narcissistic assholes and that's just the tea i'm sorry (laughs) is your last relationship a leo um my biological dad was a Leo mm-hmm. who left when I was seven. Oh my God, we're getting so dark. Oh, no, this <laughs> but, is deep. And like every Leo I've encountered, like I'm not saying that I've, like I hate Leos, like you fuck Leos, but a lot of them that I've come into contact with, I haven't had a personal, like personally, I have not had a good mm. relationship with them. Well, I'm not a Leo, so we're fine. Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> That's but you so know what they say about Sagittarius is like we're airheads and like we can't keep our feet on the ground and like we are so indecisive, which is like true. But also we're a lot of fun. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. You know? Yeah. Carp DM. Carp dem. 
curbed him. Fuck it, curbed him. Megan Thee Stallion, by the way, is just been the person who's got me through this quarantine. I gotta be honest. Yeah. I think she's gotten like a lot of people through. She COVID. had her moment at exactly the right time. Oh, oh, for sure. She really did. Hot girl energy, though. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But jumping back. Yeah, jumping back, sorry. Kind of merging two topics that we've already talked about. I'm really curious what it was like, what it's been like for you kind of dating in LA or regardless of wherever you are, just kind of being mm-hmm. who you are. Because I feel like you're a very oh. recognizable. Also, like, how does that feel to you? Like, do you feel like you're like. No. The, I the, mean. <laughs> how does the term insta gay feel to you? Insta- <laughs> I hate it. I fucking hate it. I'm yeah. going to be honest. I, I hate. First of all, like, I hate stereotypes, and mm-hmm. I don't think insta-gay, I mean, as a joke, like, I mean, yeah, you're an Instagrammer funny. and you're gay. Yes. <laughs> but, like, my identity is not insta-gay. Definitely. If that makes any sense. Like, I, what was your question? The question was, how does it feel? Anything. Just wherever I mean, your brain is going. Because it didn't start. I mean, I, I, I don't... didn't get, like, the following that I guess you would qualify as insta-gay until late 2016, like after I moved here. Mm-hmm. So I that was like moved four years ago. That's like quite yeah. a while at this point. That's like a lifetime. <laughs> it feels like a lot of <laughs> lifetimes, to be honest. Um, no, but I moved to LA full intention of being a real estate agent. Really? Little did I know. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I was... Oppenheim Group. Here we go. Yep. I have my... Like Calpin, what is the company called? I have no I idea. No Kaplan, like the whole book, and I was ready to take the test. And then I met Daniel, who okay. is a really good friend of mine, and we started doing YouTube collabs together. And he's like, "You could really like go far with this." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and then <laughs> Here I started, we are. yeah. And then bam, I was a full-on YouTuber, Instagrammer, Snapchatter. Is that even a thing anymore? Do people Snapchat still? I Let's do. take a poll. Do we Snapchat? No. I don't. I don't even have the app. No. I have the app, but I don't use it. I have one streak that I'm keeping alive still. One of streaks. Hold on, jumping back. What is it like dating being an Insta guy? What is it like dating being someone? Because, like, okay, going out with you is so interesting. I mean, uh, like, we've only ever really gone out in, like, WeHo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. When when I talk about this, this is, is all. That's so this is something that's so interesting to me. Is like I'll talk about things and I'll like suggest things. Like I texted one of my friends and was like, "Hey, do you still want to go on birthright?" And she was like, "Well, not right now." And I was like, "Okay, I thought that that was implied. Like I didn't mean, do you want to fly to Israel tomorrow? Like okay. I was like, I just mean in general." Yeah, and like, like <laughs> you read the news in the last when eight I. Months. Yeah. Yeah, like when I used to go out with you in the past four years that I've known, yes. almost five years almost that I've known five. you now, like we can't go to, well, I mean, we can go to West Hollywood and we have, and it's always a fucking blast and a half, but like, oh yeah, you're, you're known, Ugh. you're recognizable. I know. So what's it like? What's it's, it like dating? What's it like? Does it, I don't. It's a double-edged sword. It's, is that a yeah. correct? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, going out the whole like being recognized i mean at first it was cute and i definitely i mean it for sure got to my ego and i loved every what second no of it. oh yeah <laughs> i loved every second of it and then you know it became very overwhelming and a lot of other things personal issues roommate issues um friend group completely just xing me out like a, a scene of mean girls like um it wasn't cute 
Wait. I was really traumatized. <laughs> but what? Y- you need to unpack for the fans. Oh, when you so say unpacking. When you say like recognized, is it like people at the club know you? People like inside the club know you? People Everywhere. on the street? Yes. Like, is it people just sort of like? The... I mean, sort of also for up? anyone listening, like the LA gay world is really small. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just I mean, it's, I it's, feel it's like a LA bubble. It's really small. Be, but that's because it's just like the world that I live in, I guess. Like I LA in the gay world is a bubble. When I say like my LA world is small, I mean like yeah, the LA gay bubble dash entertainment digital influencer. So yes. it's like I feel like when we would go out, yes, I would be recognized and approached in the clubs, on the street, and like I love it. I mean, I think it's very like it's humbling and it's like it kind of motivated me to keep doing what I was doing at the time which was YouTube and Instagram and like you know people would come up to me and like say how much I've inspired them and like that really was like genuine and like actually would make me feel like happy like in my heart yeah and so that like I love that on the other side like dating as a quote insta gay is horrible (laughs) and I don't wish it on anyone I mean only because I felt like every time I'd meet someone they had a preconceived notion of who I was or either if it wasn't that they just expected me to be this person that they see online which is not the truth we all know that like Instagram YouTube whatever it is it's highlights it's not who we really are so it's I mean to be honest my dating life in LA at the beginning was non-existent other than casual hookups, which, you know, we all go through our hoe phase, which I lived, loved, lived <laughs> for. It was great. It was safe. It was safe. <laughs> um, we love safety here. Yeah, of course. Um, get tested all the time for STDs and COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just be smart. And, okay, anyway, we're not doing sex ed right now. Um, back to the question. Being, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, well, how much of this is my my question? My follow up is, how much of that do you think is just dating in LA in general? And how much like, is there a separation between dating in LA versus dating in LA as someone that people have undoubtedly seen on their phones, on their computers? That's a question that I don't think I can literally answer because. Because that's because, just like hand in hand here. Yeah, and well, because when I came to LA, it kind of it or it was like that for me. Like I never mm-hmm. dated without the whole Instagram, YouTube persona. So for me, I feel like a lot of it was driven by the online character. Yeah. And I keep referring to it as a character because foreshadowing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It's it's hard. Dating in LA though, I mean like overall, like I think that we're lucky because we do have a lot of options, but it's like oh, what's a double edged sword. Double edged sword again, because a lot of the people here, no Tino shade, are very shallow, very superficial. Um it's just it's not really like it's not quality. <laughs> it's like quantity over quality, I don't know. It's not the last, I mean, my last relationship, like serious relationship, was 
Don't date anyone younger than you. Like, just don't. I mean... Yeah, I can attest to that I, one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, no. Do what you want to do, but for me... How old was he? 21. He, oh, 20. 21. 20 and 21. 21. And I'm 25. Yeah. Turning 26 soon, obviously. Um, <laughs> and... I can't. I don't want to talk about my relationship. I mean, that's what you don't have to. But that it was it was like refreshing because it's so funny because okay, let's go back to referring LA as a gay bubble. My ex boyfriend lived in Ranchos Palos Verdes, so which is for, for those of you, of yeah. So for those of you who don't know, that's completely. I mean, it's considered LA County, but it's not in LA. Like, I've never, Aaron doesn't I've never, yeah, been, yeah, I don't know where it is. Like, it's like, like Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn. It's like Bushwick. It's like um, Greenpoint. Oh, God. Yeah. Westchester. Westchester. Okay. Wow, we're so... all coming off so great in this podcast. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Yes. So that to me was like a really big. Because he was out. Yeah, it was almost like an incentive because I was like, oh my God, finally, like someone who had no idea who I was and really wasn't, I hate using this word, but tainted by the West Hollywood gay cesspool that it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was like the main driver for me. I was just so attracted to that. And it was a beautiful nine months. And then it ended. Was he in the and same sort of industry or completely separate? No, no, no. He was ironic that now he's trying to make a TikTok of himself and I don't even want to go there. I mean, I'm not going to throw shade, but he would always give me shit about Instagram and like doing the whole influencer thing. And then this, the minute we break up, he's all on TikTok, shirtless. It's very, very... Very TikTok gay algorithm. Gay, oh yeah, just giving the gay, just yeah, serving when he's not even like that because I know him. Well, I thought I knew him, and I'm only throwing this shade because he made a TikTok about his ex cheating on him, which is referring to me, which never fucking happened. And there are people in the comments that were saying my name, and I was like, oh, so oh. she wants to. She really gonna do that. The girls are fighting. I was gonna say, you don't want to fuck with me when it comes to that, because I don't bring my personal life to social media ever, it's except true. one other time. He hides a lot. You're very and private. Very private. As Matt or as Ian was saying earlier, like Ian was trying to like stalk Matt to do his his due diligence as an interviewer and like try to build up his questions and you know like kind of have a base knowledge of him. And you like are you're very private. I'm I'm an introvert. Which is the only thing I could find, which we will come back to, is the Air <laughs> Jordans by Dior. <laughs> Thank you, OnlyFans. <laughs> which, for those of you who don't know, are um, the cost of a semester at college. <laughs> oh my god, check your privilege. A private yeah. education. <laughs> a private education. And let me tell you, they are so much more valuable than a private education. Like, <laughs> any day of the week. Oh, oh no. my god. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, I never spend money on like designer things, and that was just like a gift to myself because of something we'll talk about because I worked yeah and I earned it and 
yeah, they're they're great. Um, anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways. So like, so so she's we'll very private. Very yes. private, and so when that whole thing happened, when I saw which that TikTok was sent to me by someone, not you. Aaron has sent. Well, do I want to say that? No. Say it, and TikTok. you can bleep it. Okay, so Aaron sent me this TikTok of my ex, and I just want to throw out there that the the TikTok algorithm. This popped up on my for you page, and it's so scary because I guarantee that it was because I was texting you, and he was probably texting you, and it like since it can read Bro. your phone data, it knows like who knows who. <laughs> like, it, like, it knows that we were like, like, I've seen friends of friends pop up on my TikTok feed or like friends that I have in my contacts. Oh, yeah. Like if, if I tag someone like days later, they'll be on my for you page and it's because they've read the data in my phone and they like show me yeah. things based off of my activity, which is so terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, technology is <laughs> crazy, dude. Especially, I mean, even like if you're like, I was Google searching the other day. Um, a TV stand because I just moved into a new apartment and what's on my Instagram an ad for a TV stand I'm like girl stop stalking me did you buy it I did <laughs> <laughs> it worked. Uh, and it's great <laughs> so it targeted you. ads um, but yeah back to back to the story yes the TikTok. of my private life and I don't ever bring anything to social media and it pisses me off when people do because it's just so immature and so unnecessary like leave your private personal relationships where they need to be, which is between you and the other person. So when I saw this TikTok of him, blah, 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 look at what you cheated on, all these shirtless pictures, I was like, oh, well, I'm sorry that you literally lack that much self-worth that you need to validate yourself through TikTok. Um, wish you all the best. But let's not lie on my name because one other time that happened and it was my roommate, my ex-roommate basically decided to make a private Twitter and retweet all of my Instagram stuff with like memes and like kind of just like cyber bullying me and I had no idea about it. And then everyone who was in the friend group knew about it and was retweeting it and like laughing about it Wait, behind my back. That's literally the plot of cyberbully with Emily Osmond. Yeah. <laughs> and then I and finally traumatic. found it. Yes. Uh, thank you. He always used to make fun of me for selling my body, and I'm quoting that because I made a calendar, and he thought that that was, I guess, selling equal to body. selling your body when it was selling a physical item, like images. Like It was also like art, very artistic. It's very artistic. It's very, very proud of it, actually. It was like one of the first merchandise items that I created and sold when I moved here. And he just loved to make fun of it, like passive aggressive comments. I don't want to say like, I mean, yeah, he like was a bully and was just very passive aggressive when we lived together. And like, mm -hmm. it was our living situation was very toxic as it is. So then when I found this, I was like, I'm so fed up. I'm done. Next topic. <laughs> Segway. Um, Segway. You got to do what you got to do. And that was the only time I've ever brought up anything personal. I mean, like Aaron can contest to that. I hope like. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, and I, I feel like yeah. you very much just use it to like share pics, get yeah. off, <laughs> like. So, and now it's just promote the OnlyFans again. Now it's literally just, <laughs> now it's just the plug. Instagram, well, not really because they take everything down. But so I was saying this to our mutual friend Tim. I was so like horrified that Aaron's like, yeah, we just like take it like really easy. 
because for my job, I do like run of shows like minute by minute. So I'm like, oh my God, we're well, just gonna wing it. I'm like, let's get a tequila soda. Yeah. Like, I'll edit yeah. her down. I'm like, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. We'll find the structure after the fact. No, but I'd actually love to find out like a little bit more about, so you moved to LA, fell into like this fast crowd of like being known oh, yeah. and like the gay scene, et cetera. What sort of made you transition out of it and, like, feel a little bit like you were over it once mm-hmm. and for all? Wow. Well, am I really over it? <laughs> all right, none I, of us are. Yeah. No one I mean, ever is. I think, honestly, looking back at 2016 and, like, when this all started, it's just a constant state of evolving and, like, I hate using this word, but rebranding because, I mean, I still... It's growth. It's growth. And I do consider social media my main, you know, it's my career. It's what I built. And is it the same that it was four years ago? Of course not. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, girl, the amount of identity crises I've had. Is that the right? Crises? Crises. Crises. The amount of identity crises just have no idea who I am still probably but do we ever I, I mean think you do I mean I do definitely more now than ever but it's interesting that you say that because like as long as I've known you as 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 in, ingrained in the like quote unquote instigate world as you are and like the Instagram world I feel like you've always been very level and level. I, I feel like you've always had a very good grasp yeah. on yourself at yeah. least in in our relationship like yeah i i, I think know. i think i and i mean i don't know if you've heard this but people that come from the midwest are just like very rooted <laughs> like they're, i've heard they're, that they're raised with like a really good sense of like morals and i am very grateful for that because i do think if it was not for that i would not have survived like oh, this totally. la like roller coaster because I mean, if we're gonna do like a time lapse, it was 2016, totally instigay, like all body, all like, I mean, you could say model, but it was more like just eye candy, like boy next door. And then 2017, it was like, I was trying to evolve into like traveling and like travel vlogging and YouTube was like the huge thing for me. And then 2018 is when I got super depressed and then I went to Brazil for two months and did ayahuasca and like completely stripped my identity and then I came back and I was like, who am I? <laughs> and then went back to social media and tried to do this whole yogi, like vegan, you know, I, I feel like I've done it all. But it's all part of me, like each little yeah. aspect is a part of me and I have, it's really hard because people on social media, the people that follow me, view that and they're like, oh my god, this, like, oh, you're just gonna rebrand again, or oh my god, like, now you're, next year you're gonna blah blah blah, like, do you know what, I mean? what am I trying to say? I'm trying to like, I don't know, it's interesting because people I- assume <laughs> things based on what they see online, and for me, like, all of that, like, as silly as it sounds, like, looking over my Instagram, just the pictures, and looking over my, like, YouTube, I can literally see the growth and like just parts of me evolving and like all of it comes together and like that's who I am. Yeah. And that's something that I think is a huge misconception when it comes to 
the gay world of Instagram and influencers that like you have to be this and like that's it. You can't have like this hot rocking body and like flaunt your OnlyFans or whatever it is and then also be super grounded and like believe in be like spiritual and like you know it's like it's very hard to have duality yeah because people like to put you in boxes people love to put you in boxes and i think that was the main thing that made me super depressed and leave all of social media in 2018 i took a hiatus for like three months that was my biggest one i mean i've had probably like five it's like a normal thing for me i'm just like peace oh 100 percent i Little cleanse. I'm such an advocate for social media detox and like just delete everything off your phone. Like everyone needs to do that once a year. I think for mental health reasons. Totally. But, no, and that like makes complete sense. And it actually just struck me because I just read a Joan Didion quote that I had never heard before, which is, um, "We should always be something like we should always be on nodding terms with the people we used to be." And I think, like, that's so true. Like, you never want to look back at a phase in your life and be like, I don't know who I was or what I was doing. Like, it, I don't know, something rung so true to me that, like, that still is you even though you, like, moved on. Like, you're not still in Brazil detoxing from social media or you're still not, like, traveling all the time or, like, doing the insta-gay world as much as you were. But, like, that's still all a part of the package. It made who you are. Yeah, totally. It totally... You know. Well, and I think that that's something that I've been so interested in. This is so new. The people who are older than us, we're the we are the first generation who's ever documented like our whole life. Oh yeah. Like this is so such new territory. And I think I was really really in my head about this during like June with all of the all of the like social unrest and the cancel culture and everything like mm. that. And I think that it's it like people are really quick to jump and like don't really take into account that it's like ev- everyone grows and everyone, everyone like grows. everyone grows and everybody makes mistakes mm-hmm. and everybody learns from them but it's like we're the first generation that's ever literally documented the whole thing so we can look back and be like oh I see where it's I like an archive up. it's yeah oh, 100% yeah. and people think that they can jump on it and yeah. judge and bully and cancel someone yeah. because it's it's ridiculous because it's like it is your right to make mistakes in life as a human being. And, and we're the, the first we're the first age group that's like, I have a video of you making a mistake. Whereas it's like the people above us, the people older than us, like everybody's fucked up. Everybody's yeah, made mistakes. Exactly. But it's like but it's the documented. technology wasn't there for, yeah. for them to document yeah. it and for it to exist for everybody to like look at and look back at and twenty years later go back and be like, well, look what you did twenty five years ago. It's like I was a different person yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> like that's and and to, I mean, that is why I privated all of my videos on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Because you're like, I, I'm not that person anymore. And, and yeah, I love, back to what you said about nodding, I, what'd you say? You nodding. Yeah, like being on nodding yourself. terms with like past yeah, beyond, of yourself. I love How you that been, you bitch? said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I love that you said that because, you know, it was really hard for me looking back on my YouTube videos because I felt so disconnected to that person and that quote character because that was that entire like era of like gay Instagram and like just very superficial very like I literally could remember when I would turn the camera on it would like be a switch in my head and I put on this personality and then the second I was done filming it was like the more and more I 
would do that, it felt like I would just lose like parts of me and I just was not connected to myself. I mean, of course, like going out and partying completely numbed me to it and I didn't realize it until years later. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it was like three months ago, I just went through my YouTube and I was like, fuck this and deleted everything. I mean, not deleted everything and then privated it. And do I think that that's me like erasing that part of me? No, but I also think that like I have a right to decide what I want on the internet for Absolutely. people to view. And what again, was the character the, though? Like in terms of it was, just, like, hyperactive it was very, yeah, very just loud, very just very extra, which yeah. But that's was, being a 21-year-old yeah, coming yeah. into your sexuality and into your self. Yeah, and it for was, sure. But, you know, along with being that whole persona yeah. came a lot of judgment. And, like, let's talk about it. I'm someone who has really tough skin, and, like, I love to say fuck everyone. Like, I really don't care, but it gets to you. Like, everyone can admit that it can be a hundred positive comments, but that one negative comment. There can be 99 people in a in room. room. <laughs> it takes one person <laughs> to make you crawl in the corner and cry for four hours. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, the criticism and the constant just assumptions and the, oh, you're just like a pretty boy, you have sugar daddies, you have this, you have that. Like, people that knew nothing about me. And I could not detached from that I was like oh my god these people like are assuming this and it was so overwhelming and I just succumbed to it sadly and I mean now obviously I I keep everyone I mean no I have a really good close group of friends and I just look at it like the people who I know like my family my friends I trust their opinions and if they're gonna criticize me I'm gonna take it into account well yeah if you don't they know they me, want the best yeah for you. And if you don't know me, then like, you know what? You're entitled to your opinion. Um, yeah, but it's not true. And I'm not gonna justify it either. Well, because those opinions are based off of like the character. The character, exactly. And that's it's not that they know anything about you. And people, you know, after I did that, I was surprised actually, cause I, I mean, I was inactive for almost a year and a half on YouTube. My last YouTube video was February, 2019. So we're December, 2020, so it's, Almost, two, almost years. two years. And so already I was like, oh, people forgot I was even a YouTuber. And then when I privated everything, um, I would I actually got DMs and comments of like, oh, why'd you delete your YouTube channel? And like, I felt bad, but then I remembered like, it's my choice. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's my life. And like, I appreciate your support. And like, you're here now and you're coming with me on this new thing, which is you know, Instagram, OnlyFans, whatever it turns into. Mm. And I lost train of thought. And, <laughs> and that's it's, it. It's no, but it's like, it's just so weird how people can be so connected to you through a screen, you know? Like, yeah. Well, I think, especially with YouTube and like being, being a person in the eye on Instagram and like on the internet. I think it kind of relates back to like what you were saying when you would be out in West Hollywood and someone would come up to you and be like, it means so much to me to like see you living your, your yeah. like unapologetic life. Like even though it was a character at the time and you were looking back, you're like, this is cringy. It's like, it's so interesting to me from my experiences too. Like 
things that you think will have no impact on someone can like change their whole fucking life in a, in a good way or, oh, in a, totally, or in a bad way, totally. I guess. But it's like the I've video a, where you're like, that's cringy. Like I look awful. Like I hate that I'm acting that way. Mm-hmm. Someone's like, wow, I've never seen someone act like that. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. So, yeah. It's really, it's weird. Cause it's, but it's that like dissonance of like you looking back and being like, I hate that I acted like that. And someone else being like, but this is the best thing I've ever yep. seen. It's like, yeah. it's so hard. It's, it is. it's such a weird position. And yeah, I mean, I mean, the and back to what you said about like touching people, like like not touching. <laughs> back to what you said about you know the people touching their souls. That were, yeah, no, like for real, the people that would write me and like even come up to me in person and say like the very just amazing and like genuine things, like how much I've inspired them or changed their lives or inspired them to come out. It was like the one time I cried from a fan mail, like literally bald. No, it was was beautiful and he, I mean, long story short, he lived in South Africa and his whole family was like super, I mean, I don't know, conservative, I don't know how it works out there. Anti-gay. Anti-gay, very anti-gay. Like dangerously, like he could have been killed for, well. Anyway. Being who he was, yeah, and he was in love with this guy, in some way. yeah. And this boy that he was, they were like pen pals, right? For like six years, they were like writing each other. And he came across one of my YouTube videos. I forget which one it was. Um, oh, it was when I was dating my other boyfriend. And I don't know if you remember these, but it was like these artistic, like cinematic videos that I made of Tommy and me. Mm-hmm. And it was like with the, it was like very, those. yeah. It was. Yeah. I love those videos. That was that was more of like artistic direction than like me vlogging and that was actually something yeah. I really enjoyed creative output but yeah so he he literally wrote me and he was like after I watched that one video it inspired me to leave my family completely go and meet the guy literally for six years went and met the person in oh. real life pr- told him he loved him they live together now and they're getting married like wow like so it's see it's like it's you have the positive side and then you have the negative side and like that yeah. to me was that is what kept me going and that's the reason why I loved creating YouTube videos and doing this whole social media totally thing because yeah touching lives is the um obviously positive side ever heavy too because I think about you both like obviously you had such like big YouTube presence like when we were younger when people were still coming out like I would imagine that's kind of, even though obviously that story is very moving, that's still a lot to take in from a stranger that you had such a big effect on their life. Especially like you're saying, it's like, it was just a video of you it was living with your, with your boyfriend, boyfriend at the yeah. time. And it's like, it was a four minute video and it was all like, um, overlaid with like music and like, the there was power no of context. Just living your true life. Yeah. yeah. Authenticity, sweetie. Yeah. I cannot stress that enough. Authenticity. I feel like, is it was it ever heavy for you? Was it heavy, like, in the sense of like people almost being like dependent on? I've had, okay, for example, I've had a few people that, you know, I would scroll through my DMs and I'd find the people that were writing really long messages and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take the I'm time to read, read this and respond because not just like you're hot, like yeah, <laughs> like something that was very heartfelt. And there was this one, and it was like two years ago, um, and would message me five, ten times a day, like, 
please talk to me, please talk to me. Like, I'm going to, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, you know, oh self-harm and suicide. And yeah. I, every day I was like, please, like, you need to, like, seek help. Like, I was, I was really worried for this person. Yeah. And, and I was, this is when I was living by Runyon off of um, Fuller. And I was taking like this video of Drake, my friend, and he was outside on the street and I was outside on my balcony and I was filming him and it had my street sign. And the person showed up to my apartment. <gasps> I'm not even kidding. Yeah. So that, it became like a big issue. Cause I was like, listen, like I literally had to go down there and I was like, I appreciate this, but this is not okay. Like yeah. it was, this is so, so, and, but it's like, what do I say? That's a stalker. Because, it is a stalker, but it's it, it. There was no like ill intent, you know. There was no. He didn't want to hurt me. He was just, and he drove like three hours. Like it was not. Oh my yeah. Gosh. So, yeah, heavy. Um. Yeah. The, the thin lines. <laughs> At times it was, and I feel all of it like that and the negative and the all of it just I think was so overwhelming that I decided to just kind of close in completely with like. My friend group, my personal life, my aspirations, like what I wanted to do. Like I used to talk a lot on social media. I used to be very vocal and you know, I, I feel bad saying this, but I feel like I really wasn't vocal at all this year or last year because it just got so exhausting. And I felt like, like you said earlier, like cancel culture, it, I feel like it's almost like I'm afraid to speak up because of people just immediately gonna assume or I say something wrong or I'm canceled this canceled yeah. that and you know I I just I believe that my intentions are good and I know what I stand for and if I don't share it 24 7 that doesn't mean that I'm not supportive yeah it just means that I have to like protect my energy like I have to protect myself from that overwhelm and that like trauma that I kind of went through for like four years I know that kind of sounds dramatic, but you're getting the real, like, real behind the scenes of the real, a, real. Of a, the real, real behind the scenes of an Instagram influencer. I mean, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. I'm a nobody now. I mean, everyone has millions of followers, and you're definitely not a nobody. Well, yeah, but it's crazy to me as well as how like Instagram and I mean TikTok. God, I don't, I don't even get I, me. Yeah. I don't get TikTok. I, yeah, I'm like too old, I think, but. It's just crazy how in 2016, 100,000 followers was like mad shit. Like you were fucking popping off. Yeah. And now 100,000, but everyone has 100,000 followers. Like everyone, you know what I mean? Like, well, you, and that's how I feel about YouTube. Like when I started YouTube in 2010, it was like if you, like one of the most subscribed people on the platform had like 100,000 like subscribers. Like that was like yeah. untouchable. Like yeah. next level. And now it's like you have. Two million, like you, YouTube doesn't bat an eye. At you. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. It's crazy. It's so wild. It's, yeah, the social media world is, is just crazy in itself. But the gay part of it, I love it. I think it's a great outlet for people to um, share their opinions and share their voices and inspire people, especially people that you know, like we said, um, don't have like the opportunities that we have in America, and they need an outlet to connect to other gay influencers or people that inspire yeah. people yeah so but don't show up at his house guys never Who? never show up at your house but yeah no love the support comment send 
whatever you want, just no stalking. Just, <laughs> I mean, the boundaries. I was important. just shocked. I boundaries was like, are important. And it took me literally like a week. I was like, how did he find where I lived? Combing through and everything I, I did go through. Ev- I literally went through the archives and then I was like, oh, shut God. the fuck up if it's from this post. It was like a second that oh you had to God. like pause and screenshot and probably like detail on Facetune to figure out the street name. Facetune. Also, Facetune. Do you use Facetune? Let's talk about Facetune. I have no idea what Facetune is, bitch. I've only seen the ads on Instagram and my God. It's like face music, right? Yeah. 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 I've never oh, even heard of tuning. it. No, I know. That's <laughs> crazy. Should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking catfish. Oh my catfish. god. Catfish. Okay, jumping right back. <laughs> jumping right back anyway. I have some questions about the modeling. OnlyFan world. Ooh, so, are we going on to OnlyFans? Yes, we are. Because this is, <laughs> I'm fascinated. All right. So you did a year of transition, emotional, spiritual transition. Yes. What wow. sort of made you decide that you wanted to consolidate into the modeling OnlyFans Instagram? To be completely honest, me. The money. <laughs> the money. Um, oh, let's just be real right now. I'm going to like be super real. Yeah. Okay. So, 2019, this was my fourth identity crisis. Okay, love that. Um, this is when I... year is, like, yeah. standard. So, this was... Okay, so last... Okay, so this time last year, actually. Um, well, no. When September... my apartment to the ground. September... Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> I fell asleep with a pizza in the oven. Dude. And the oven was on for, like, seven hours. And then he pulled out the pizza. It and was I, I, my, it was a frisbee. It was not, the pizza was like a twelve inch diameter, and it came out like four and a half inches, just like a solid black hockey puck. It was awful. Do not do that. We were watching you season two, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Ugh, Joe. Joe, love. Okay, sorry. Okay, this time last year. This time last year. Uh, that's when. Yeah, we could say I um, embarked on my spiritual journey with yoga, which I still love. I love yoga. I love the practice of the teachings. It's great. Um, shout out Bali. And I had shout, <laughs> shout out Bali. Shout out Thailand. Oh, great time. I have no idea when we'll be able to go back. Probably like oh, 2023. Really yeah, love God. that. Oh. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. This time last year, Bali got my certification for becoming a yoga teacher that, that was, was my this time goal. last year yeah that feels like Dude, six feels, years ago no th- exactly oh my exactly God. so um embarking on my yoga journey i had the full intention of coming back to la i wanted to teach yoga i wanted to get really into the whole like spiritual just you know sustainable vegan lifestyle which is i do love it and i live it still but you know wasn't paying the bills let's be honest um and i actually came back from that trip and i found out that the place i was living okay backtrack 
when I was in Bali, my roommate at the time brought someone else to come live in my room, and I had no knowledge of this. So I they literally the night I landed back from Bali, I get a text saying, "Oh, by the way." moved into the apartment, um, I think that you're gonna have to find somewhere else to live. Uh, and this was like literally after a 21 hour flight. And I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> this is funny, right? This, this is like, yeah. April Fool's. <laughs> uh, but no, he's dead ass serious. And so this is something that no one's ever known. And I am really humbled to say that I was homeless for five and a half months. I came back from Bali and I got to the apartment and I had nowhere to go. I had barely any money. I mean, I had money to like survive, but I didn't have money to like get an apartment or, you know, live the LA life, but I didn't want to leave. I couldn't go back home. I wasn't really on a, I wasn't, um, I was not on speaking terms with my family. And so I texted everyone I knew. I was like, hey, like, I am in a really sticky situation right now. I just need to crash for, like, a few nights here and there. So I ended up bopping around from someone in uh, Larchmont to Studio City to Venice, and I was couch surfing, which I guess isn't considered homeless, but to me, I did not have any... A home. I didn't have a home. And... That was really hard for me. It was like really hard to like grasp. And I feel like that's something that when you go through, it just really humbles you. Cause it's like, it's a really, yeah, it's hard to admit. It's hard to talk about because you know, it's humility, I guess let's talk about that. So, so for a month after I bopped around, I was couch surfing. And then that's when I met my ex-boyfriend. And then I ended up literally living with him for five months at his house with his parents. Like, crazy shit, dude. And I was still doing Instagram, but, like, it wasn't doing that well. And then... The shadow ban. The sh no, that didn't happen yet. I was still doing yoga, inspirational oh. shit that was not making me any money. <laughs> um, I made a second calendar, which, for those of you who... For those of you that don't know, I've made three calendars. That's like my thing. That's what started my Daddy Croft days. And then, <laughs> yeah, it did well. An era. Yeah, it, it got me through the first half of 2020. And that's when I was living with my boyfriend and his parents in Palos Verdes. And then it was literally a random night in May that me and my boyfriend were watching YouTube videos and I stumbled across Trisha Paytas who I love and sh one of her videos was like how to become a millionaire on OnlyFans and I was like oh whatever fuck you let's watch it and so watched the video and then I went to another one and then you know you fall in one of those like YouTube like Algorithm, blue black holes, holes yeah. black holes yeah and I was we were up till like three in the morning watching all these videos of like all these different OnlyFans creators and we both just looked at each other and I was like why don't I just do this like and it's great. He supported me 100% the whole way. That's good. So OnlyFans was a three-month, like, planning, hardcore, like, studying, researching. Like, I put in so much, like, time into creating, like, 
I have a very like strong business mindset. So like, I'm not kidding. Like going into this, like reading every single contract, reading over like all the terms, like reaching out to people. I reached out to my friend, Chris Crocker, reached out to Trisha, reached out to as many people as I could getting like all of the, you know, tips and tricks on how to start an OnlyFans. So May, June, launched it in July and I, I, I never going back. I mean, I know it's not permanent, and um, I guess, I mean, talking about what, like, inspired it was definitely for monetary reasons, obviously. I mean, we need money yeah. to survive. I, I didn't go into this, honestly, with the intention of, like, oh, like, I want a quick check, or, like, I want to, like, just get rich. It really wasn't that. It was, like, I believe that... If we're going back to 2016 when I started Instagram, my following was built on my looks and my body. And yeah, if I was gonna look at, if I wrote it all out and I was like, OnlyFans seems to be at the top tier of like, I could convert the following to something that could actually generate revenue. Yeah, and that's why I decided <laughs> and started it. It was very scary and. I mean, we can talk a lot about this if you want, because there's a lot of different things that I went through to like figure out like a good rhythm of like, now I like, I, I mean, if we're just going to be blunt, like I've shown everything. A little, so go subscribe. A little, a little, a little <laughs> plug, MatthewVCrawford.com or OnlyFans.com slash Matthew Crawford. Um, How much do you if cost? If you want to see me naked. That, that was that was a really big, um, like, dilemma, honestly. Did Just you ever deciding have, like, on the price. or anything? Like, oh. Had you oh, been seen oh, naked before? Girl. No. So that's why I was like, okay. You're like, this is big. This is big because I know a lot of people. <laughs> this sounds people so narcissistic. I'm sorry. But a lot of people wanted to see me naked. Well, it's really interesting for you to say that you you looked at it and you recognized it. It's like the pe- the reason that people follow you yeah. on Instagram is because of the sex appeal. And you know what? Like, I'm glad that you were able to yeah. look at it and be like, all right, how the fuck? I'm going to make let's, them pay for it now. Yeah, guys. And let's, let's be real. Let's <laughs> Pulls be, the microphone closer. Let's, let's be 100% right now. It could be World War Three, a pandemic. Sex always sells. Yeah, it is a industry that has been since ancient times. Let's talk about Greek mythology. I mean, yeah. I went deep Pompeii. into this. Pa- oh, I went totally. deep into like the Greeks and their like mentality on like sexuality and like not sex work, but just their. It was just it was it was not taboo and it wasn't like so, like what is the word? It's like. We've made it so like normalized. No, no, no. The opposite. Now. Like oh, oh, we've made now. it so sensationalized and stigmatized. Now. And I think Oh totally. So it's like, why are we pretending that it's like such a taboo, like you can't go back from it where it's like people yep. have started in so much quote unquote worse if you're like looking at it from like a puritanical standpoint. And built I mean it sounds stupid, but like look at Kim Kardashian. Yeah, her career started of a sex tape. Literally. And and you know I want to add to this. I I am really, I'm actually so happy and like proud to be a part of this. Let's call it the OnlyFans movement. And OnlyFans blew up this year. I mean Beyonce literally shouted them out mm-hmm. on that demon time. 
And that's that's what, actually I take everything back. The Beyonce verse is what made me make OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think this whole you know OnlyFans um, movement is kind of breaking down the stigma like of sex work and being never you're never gonna like come back from it and you'll never get a job and you'll never this and never that and it's like okay well look at we'll change that we will we are changing that and I mean I I, I would love to look up some statistics I think that they have they definitely have over 400,000 creators and then like people that are actually like subscribe like subscribing to people million. it's oh it's a couple million their revenue last year was like 500 million yeah 500 million so well there are also like 11 employees like OnlyFans that's is true brilliant. because i connected with the CEO brilliant. on fucking LinkedIn and he was yeah. like no I will not make a comment for your documentary and I was like you brilliant bitch. but their customer service is ass like oh. complete and I mean Let's be real. Do you, they don't really? I don't think they're concerned with that. I feel they like once care. you sign up, yeah. Once they you don't sign up, want they're like to make the platform better. They're, they're like, like Girl, we're making money. This is we're it. We're fine. And if your stuff, gets you're leaked, fine. You can send a DMCA, and it might take them three, four weeks. Which, if you're gonna make an OnlyFans, I highly, uh, I highly request that you get a entertainment lawyer or someone who can actually. You have a lawyer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a part of the whole strategy, honey. Um. I mean, this was after I started making like money. Money that I, 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 and my lawyer. I, you this reinvest. is so funny. You reinvest. Do you know how I met my lawyer? Through no. OnlyFans. Shut up. Deadass. He contacted me, and he was the he was the one who showed me my such first. Good money then. Oh yeah, he was the one who showed me my nudes leaked for the first time. No way. Yeah, and I was like, and then you're like, you've been looking for my nudes, sir. Dude. <laughs> no, and if we're gonna, well, okay, I want to talk about that, but do you want? Let's wrap this. Well, no, I mean, it's all connected. Okay. Yeah. So when my nudes inevitably leaked, inevitably leaked, obviously, I mean, let's be real. It's the internet. It's screenshotting. It's the, and that was something that I also had to accept was like, before I, I had it all. I did the photo shoots. I signed up. I verified my account. I had everything ready to go. And like for a week, I just sat and like contemplated. I was like, okay, Matt, anything you post is on the internet forever you can delete it you can whatever it doesn't matter like yeah. it's there and i mean i accepted it so with that comes leaking photos you know all that other bullshit mm. and so that happened literally 48 hours after really oh yeah within 48 hours of me launching my only fans which at that time was very tasteful nothing you couldn't see anything it was like implied nudity it was i mean i'm proud of it but it was leaked and then he contacted me i was like oh my god thank you so much like i emailed only fans and they're not getting back to me and then he handled it like that and now anytime my shit's posted on the internet it automatically um he has like this filter that i don't know what it is this is getting real like technical he's got it all saved he's got it he's <laughs> he has something that literally is searching constantly for like Tags like Matt Crawford nudes, OnlyFans, blah 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 blah. So anything that pops up, Twitter, LPSG, wow. forums, taken down. I've had wow. threads removed on wow. the internet. Wow. And and you know I, I've only stumbled upon one thread and I read through it and oh my god I shouldn't have done that <laughs> because there was so much hate and just like really oh yeah. Um, but a lot of people on there were like oh Matt like hi 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 and I was like girl like I'm not on here <laughs> like. 
I'm busy doing my thing. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working, and I got someone taking all this shit down. So, interesting. 101 OnlyFans, that's a whole separate like topic, I think, of like me coaching how to make an OnlyFans correctly. Yeah. Which I think I've done very successfully. And like, you should start a YouTube channel about that. I have been thinking about it. Me and, me and, okay, coming soon. Let's make a little preview. Me and Aaron are going to make a little OnlyFans series. I'll produce, yeah. Like this, thumbs up, (laughs) or whatever. Read, comment, subscribe. Comment if you want to hear a OnlyFans series on just everything, the tea, all of it. As a parenthetical, Aaron knows this, but it's my long-term ambition because, like, and there's never been a good reality show about, like, a group of, like, young gay guys. So, actually, if you're ever interested, we should talk about this, like, not on the podcast. Cause or I, like, or if anyone down. on the podcast is, like, is listening and is, like, I can make that happen, let us know. Let us yeah. know if you got the, if you got the connects, you honey. Entertainment, honey. Yeah. Entertainment. <laughs> and I am 100% down. So Lots of white, you, gay, cis men. We will link. Giving contacts. you the entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, Totally. 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 We'll be way worse behaved. We will not be spiritually <laughs> awakened. We will no. be fighting, <laughs> name calling. The girls will be saying. We yeah. will be train wrecks. Yeah. Beyonce, 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 Vandross. Oh, oh Beyonce, honey, I'm so sorry. Okay, God, that is that whole show. I mean, Tiffany is an icon. H B I C, I love you. Okay, 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 okay. So. Jotting back to what you were saying and what Ian was asking me in the pre-interview and what I was going to ask you for the OnlyFans documentary. Yes, yes, yes. Do you think OnlyFans is sex work and how would you define sex Oof. work and what? Okay. And what's the reasoning? All right. So do I think OnlyFans is sex work? Um, or uh, primary question is how would you define sex work? How would I define sex work? I define sex work personally and this is totally my opinion so please don't attack me because yeah. i'm not i mean know. we all like what i've learned from doing the only fans documentary that's coming soon um but, is there's not a clear definition yeah like everybody has a different perception of it especially regarding like based on your lived experiences yeah. and all of that like there's no there's no definition if we're gonna talk about sex work I I mean, to be honest, the first thing that comes to my mind is pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, starting OnlyFans, I have gained so much respect for porn stars and even escorts and prostitutes. And I have no judgments against any of that because I think it takes a certain type of person to have like such a crazy amount of confidence yet also vulnerability to put themselves in that position, you know? To own their sexuality, but also be vulnerable to people stigmatizing them, stereotyping them, judging them constantly. And so sex work to me is anything that involves two people, three people, orgy, whatever, consensual. No. Alone. Could it be sex work if you're alone? Or I guess like the consumption of sex is two people in theory. In theory, yeah. Do I think what I do is sex work? I don't think what I do is sex work. And I'm not saying... So, okay, me saying that, I'm not, like, 
judging sex work. Like, no. I, and that's the thing with this is I feel like people are like, oh, like you're an OnlyFans. Like they just, you know, immediately OnlyFans. Oh, you're sex worker. You do porn. You do this. It's like, no, I don't. But I don't judge that. Yeah. There are people on OnlyFans that go full out, like totally all of it, and that's amazing. Do you? What I do on OnlyFans is very it's only me it's mostly photography there's videos there's personalized requests that i fulfill am i physically doing anything with anyone no am i like chatterbait or like um oh camming camming sex camming do we consider sex camming sex work yeah yes Maybe? i think so so it's like all of those things i don't do that what i'm doing is I have this page. I'm creating. I hate saying the word content. I, I, I despise that word. I'm sorry. Like, because content to me is just so like, it's just so like plain. And it's like, oh, like here's my content. It's like, this isn't content that you're gonna find anywhere. So it's like this is my. It's like a very very personal. Yeah. Like side of me that that's why people pay for it because it's not going to be seen anywhere else and it's very because of the lawyers because of the lawyers <laughs> because of the lawyers and um yeah i do mean do you find I, it's a character though i mean obviously I, it's a different character than your like youtube persona i think it's just another facet of me i think if that makes any sense i think that like this only fans like persona or if you want to call it a career is definitely a part of me and like actually a part of this has been so empowering and it's like just been beyond liberating like mm-hmm. I didn't go into this thinking like oh I'm like gonna feel my oats and like be like you know like I just didn't like I was like oh I'm gonna like do sexy photo shoots and blah blah, blah. but then like the more and more I was doing it and months for those of you who don't know, I've been doing it for... Six months? Six months. Uh, two days ago, I've been doing it for six months. Wow. Um, so half a year. That's crazy. And the it's like each month that passed, I would just get more and more just inspired and like comfortable. comfortable. And like it, it's so freeing. And so I view the human body so differently now. I'm like, first of all, we all have it. If you have it, if you want to, flaunt it. Flaunt it. If you want to make money off of it, make money off of it. There's no, like, why are we putting restrictions on it, you know? Yeah. Um, so the question about sex work, like, I, I don't know how to answer that, to be honest, because I think that's such a, like, broad term for... It is. It totally is. And it covers so many different things. Do I fall in that category? Maybe, maybe. Let me know in the comments. <laughs> I mean, for real, I don't know. I Am mean, I... firstly, jumping back to the like the idea of it being a character, I would imagine it still probably has to be like somewhat of a character because oh, it's like because yeah. you're online and because you have to sell it yes, and because you have to like. It's beyond. It's, I mean, this you right now yeah. is like gonna be. I would imagine it would be very different from what you're putting on your OnlyFans. Oh, completely. But if anyone listening thinks that that's a bad thing, it's like you're very out of touch with the. Human you're very race. out of touch. Like you're with society. Like that's yeah. just like, I like we all have different faces that we wear. We're like 
depending on where we are and who we're with and what we're doing and everything. So like, is it a character that you have online? I'm sure. Yeah. But I don't think that that's a bad thing by any means. I think that it's a job. No, and I think, like, I think that people... As if you're not going to be a character when you go in to be an accountant. Like, yeah. nobody likes being every, an accountant. Every, like, every job you have to put on some... Yeah, it's a different Part mask. of your life. And yeah. for those of people who think that, you know, uploading these photos or being in this career holds any Quite merit to your character as a human being, I just, I, I, I don't relate to that. Because, mm. one, again, like I said, people do not know me personally and this is again a part of me yes and it's very real it's very authentic it might be very over sexualized and very like over. but that's the job that's the job and it's i really enjoy it but do i get requests to do some crazy raunchy shit and yeah do i do it no if the price is right. If the if the price is right. <laughs> Except Bella Thorne th- set that cap. Oh, <laughs> let's not talk. Well, mm, controversy. Yeah, let's just talk Bella Thorne. Tune into the, the tune into tune the documentary. Into the documentary for the celebrities jumping on the bandwagon to make money when they are already millionaires. I can't relate. I'm sorry. That is an interesting point. Really quickly. You are actually, already making so but, much money. But like, what I would love to talk about. This is oh my god! I never even thought about this for like if I interview for the documentary, but whatever, we'll talk about it now too. Is it's like, I think that I would imagine that people that wouldn't know you would probably say the same thing about you though because of the following. Like I bet they would be like, "You're already a celebrity. You're taking away from the sex workers who have made the platform. Like how dare you transform your Instagram following into OnlyFans?" And now you guys know that I was homeless couch surfing for six months until I actually started my OnlyFans, and it's completely changed my life. Now she's okay. Now she's she's thriving. (laughs) I. I'm very proud of how it's turned out, and I'm, compl- I'm. First of all, the one thing I always stress, and even all my OnlyFans, is like I'm so grateful. Like this opportunity, I understand that it is a shelf life. I understand that it has been kind of. I had all the right cards. Yeah. I think that me taking, like, stepping into action and actually creating it, that is my choice but like the people supporting me it wouldn't be what it is without them and i'm so so thankful for my following i i, I don't know what i did but <laughs> it's also but. pretty relevant that it's like everything has a shelf life like oh you were, yeah. you were talking about earlier it's like sure pe- there are people who would kill to have three hundred thousand followers on instagram but it's like even that has a shelf life like yep. you had that many but it was you had to turn it into the next thing and it's like yep. yes you could have turned it into youtube but like there's always that fear that YouTube isn't going to last forever too and you have to turn into the next thing and it's like OnlyFans, who knows what the fuck will happen to it? Genuinely, yeah. I have no idea. There, but, I've, there's been a lot of stories about OnlyFans being shut down and like their tax issues. I, You know, until I see legitimate like a message from corporate, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing me and to collecting just, my coins. Yeah. Till the last minute possible. Which and I'm you're like, saving. all right, now we'll do the next thing. Yeah, and uh, all of this I'm investing, invest. and I'm investing in a future business. Like, the way I'm doing this is very strategic sure. and smart, and I I encourage everyone who does OnlyFans to do the same, because it is a very amazing opportunity that people have, too. But that's another thing that I have found so interesting. This is, like, 
I've also like gained so much knowledge from my interviews about OnlyFans and like I've learned so much and it's completely changed my view of it all. It's really important to remember that it's like having a lot of money does not teach financial literacy and I know a lot of people who are making a lot of money on OnlyFans but they're blowing it immediately and like you can make a million dollars in a day but if you just fucking buy a buy Lambo, a Ferrari like it's like buy and taxes if you've never yeah like, yeah, oh these kids God, don't know you they owe five hundred thousand dollars in taxes if you make a million dollars. Yeah. 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 No, these TikTokers. Pff, yeah. Goodbye, see you on tax day. I will like, see you in the deposition. Literally. <laughs> you're fucking. Yeah. No. Because these kids literally do not know that like you have to pay taxes and that if you make over like a hundred and fifty thousand. You're paying half of your entire income. No, bro, I can't. And donate. Do if you're making a fuck ton of money, like, donate some of it to people that need it. And I'm not just saying that Tax to, like, write off. <laughs> So, Matt, I would love to hear a little bit about your queer role models, either growing up or now people who really inspire you and that you look up to. I would say, you know, Meryl Streep, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Angelina the Jolie. Cast of the, Big Little Lies. The entire cast of Big Little Lies. <laughs> Emma Roberts. Ugh. Freddie Mercury, actually. Hmm. I think, I know that he was kind of a mess. And Yeah, and Elton John. I mean, I only, okay, let's be honest. I did not know that much about them. And obviously I watched both of the amazing movies, Bohemian Rhapsody and... Um, Rocketman. Um, and I just, I, I love how they showed, like, the detriment of, like, being a celebrity. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they showed the dark aspects of their lives and how much they, like, endured, but still, like, had this passion to create. And, like, they have literally, they're legends. And they've inspired millions of people. And I think that's just, like, amazing. Like, especially, like, being gay and growing up and going through all that stuff. I mean, obviously, like, not to the level that they went through. But, like, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, relating to them because not of Instagram fame, but... The spotlight. It can get dark and lonely. Totally. And... When I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like, I can relate. Obviously, I can't relate to that level because I'm not that famous and I'm not like a f crazy legendary singer, but I love how resilient and strong and like just, they never gave up. But this is more like for mental health, I think, as well. Because I think being gay, we suffer like, some trauma. Oh my god, like so much more than I don't want to say than straight people, but then I mean, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it's like growing up, we have to have you know the identity that society forms for us, and then we also have this secret identity, which is our closet, <laughs> and that is just a really hard road to navigate. So, looking up to people that like them, and I guess if I'm gonna name some people that I know personally, Kyle Krieger, hmm. I it was actually, he was one of the first people I followed before I moved to LA and he, I think it was just his energy and like, I just, I got really like genuine, like he cares about 
making a difference and yeah. like speaking up using his platform totally actually, like, an totally change. totally like actually using his platform um honest honest to god i did not know anyone that was gay until i was 19 really yeah i did not know a single person that was gay or out you know yeah um i mean in high school there was like a kid that was you know obviously like the very flamboyant kid who didn't give a fuck and like everyone was like i wonder if i was that kid no (laughs) well i don't know but i don't think i was i actually remember in high school looking at him and i was just i was disgusted because of my own internalized homophobia completely because i was so afraid of that being me it's cool that he was able to do that in high school in fucking ohio where we had drive your tractor to school day were um, you scared moving to LA or did you know you just wanted oh my to like, God. get out? Do we want to talk about the backstory of why I moved to LA? Why did you move to LA? <laughs> um, so I was in college and I was dating my first boyfriend at the time. We started a YouTube. It wasn't like, it was just for fun. But So me and my first boyfriend, we dated for a year and a half and... That was sophomore year into like halfway of junior year. And uh, long story short, it was very toxic, very, I mean, we were both young, so we were both insecure, major trust issues, you know, all the things that come with young gay relationships. And it was like, was it, it was like pretty much right when you came out, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Coming out was me coming out and then a week later getting to this relationship because it was a safety net for me. Because it was Uh. like, ah, at least I have him to like, you know, if people say shit to me well whatever I don't care because like I'm in love with this guy I'm head over heels so mm-hmm. going into that relationship it was very like coming out relationship like Falling no in. yeah like no like interim of like experiencing any gay life so it was like for the last like six months of our relationship it was super toxic and we broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together and then the last like week before we broke up he was just ghosting me like not talking to me and we were barely in communication and he was three hours away at another college and called we had a conversation it was very dark and he was like i can't do this anymore we're done blocked me whole family blocked me and like this was like i lived with them for three months less like a summer before this like they were like my family and like literally going from like seeing each other every single day, talking every day to like, I can't contact you at 20 years old. Yeah. I was in a very, very dark place. Long story short, ended up taking some pills, cutting myself, passing out, roommate broken, woke up in the ambulance, was in a psych ward for three weeks and tried to go back to college and I couldn't do it. I couldn't focus. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't be in the state without being constantly reminded of my ex. And I was so like, just yes, depressed, but just in a dark, dark place. And when this whole VidCon thing came about, I was just like this, I need to go. I I had no choice. I was like, I have to get out of here. So I met you like right after that. Yeah. You met me three months after that. I have no idea. And then I feel like when I moved to LA, jumping immediately into the gay scene and the constant stimulation of, you know, this LA West Hollywood life. Totally. It was a complete 
just it masked my pain and I actually didn't process what happened to me until like a year later hmm. and it was just again another like thing that contributed to my just coming here discovering YouTube discovering my friend group then I fell into the whole social media new realm self. new me like fucking butterfly flap my wings and yeah then I died again and became a caterpillar and another fucking butterfly and then I'm off. And <laughs> God knows what I am. I, I love, love lamp. I love lamp. <laughs> yeah, so Jesus, this podcast is going to be like... Who knows what metamorphosis will the future yield, but where do you sort of see yourself in a few years? Oh, man. It's crazy because if you were to ask me this question... You know, three, three years, years ago, ago, never in my life would I have thought I'd be where I am right now with OnlyFans and being back in LA and being, you know, grounded and like on my own two feet and like completely independent. You know, I like, I knew I wanted that, but I never thought that that was going to be where yeah. I was now. Yeah. So it's like that question is really. It's unknown. I feel like it's unknown for everyone. Like, what do I want for myself? I. I mean, I'm happy, honestly. And I know I definitely want to branch into like an actual business um, kind of stemming away from social media. I love you guys. I love social media, but listen. Use it as a tool, not as a... When I become 29, 30, you're not going to want to see me naked. I mean, actually, you might. I might 30 is pretty prime yeah, for a game, may, yeah you're right I take that back maybe like 50 I'm not gonna wanna be as crazy active on social media and I would love to go into you already don't wanna be crazy yeah you're right so what am I talking about <laughs> I see myself going into a completely different field I don't know what that is but like I don't wanna work for nobody first of all I don't think I can after <laughs> doing all I just I can't I mean think about it, like five years of pretty much being self-employed, like, I don't think I could ever go back to another metamorphosis, for sure. You maybe, never know what's around the corner. Maybe, like, transmutative alcohol. Whoa. Just, All right, Ben 10. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, like a complete transformation. I'm all about growth. And you know, that's the thing, is if we're going to end this on some, like, beautiful philosophical note, like, what's that poet, Ruby Kippur, Ruby... Ruby Cower? What's her name? Ruby Cower? <laughs> cut that out! Cut that out! Pour that out! If we're gonna end this... <laughs> okay, yeah, so what's your positive... Just, you know... Your positive affirmation Positive affirmation is... I think that wherever you are now and wherever you are tomorrow and yesterday, you're in a constant state of growth. And, like, just completely accepting that and, like, striving for your goals and, like, moving towards what you want. But also accept that it's maybe gonna be I don't know what I'm trying to say always like, gonna be an uphill battle literally literally cue the climb by Miley Cyrus I was actually biking the other day and that came on and I was just like sobbing just sobbing on just the bike my eyes it's just it's the wind in my eyes bro No, the but, sun is so bright yeah Glinting you off know, the cards. <laughs> I guess going to the metamorphosis thing and like finding your identity, I think that's something that we struggle with, especially our generation. And I think that we are constantly 
searching for it and we're constantly in this state becoming who we are and like do I think that we ever find it like do we ever reach this point where we're like this is it like this is who I am and I'm just like yep I'm done like no I'm, I'm done growing yeah no period stop stop I'm perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like leave me here Instagram I hope not to like I mean Instagram to spiritual journeys to to yoga to OnlyFans to whatever's next like I think that's what it's about it's just this constant state of becoming I love that line I actually like saw that I was like I just love that I want that tattooed I mean, is there anything in this list of like that people want to know? I mean, I don't know. People want to know. I mean, this, we but... can do a part two if the people um, want one. Yeah, this is like the first time I've been like this vocal about my life. I just want to say thank you both for having me, and mm. I really hope that you guys enjoy this and that you got something out of it. And I still love everyone who supports me on Instagram and. I mean, not YouTube, obviously. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll for I'll, prom- yeah, I'll produce you know, him. Who knows? We'll get her who back on there. Who knows what the future holds? I actually really enjoyed this. Like, I could see doing a podcast series. That'd be really cool. I am so grateful for where I am in my life and my friends mm. and everyone who supports me, my family, and I hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. I love you. Feed the good wolf. Mwah. And now on that note, what's the gayest thing that you did this week? The gayest thing? <laughs> oh, God. Um, let me think. Well, I get Starbucks every day, so that's like, I'm a gold member. That doesn't mean you get a discount. No. <laughs> that means you spend I'm too just, much money I at Starbucks. I think that their cold brew is so, like, oh, it, it is in it my body. It jolts your system like, awake. Permanently, yeah. Permanently? Yeah. But, like, in the morning, it's like... <laughs> Ian, it's like 11 o'clock Insert cold brew. <laughs> Literally. I mean, can I, I'll say it. The gayest thing I did this week probably oh. wax my asshole. Hot. Uh, yeah. Do you do Is it yourself? Is that hard? So, okay. Wait, do you do it yourself? I've learned this technique. Yes. Ow! No, and it's na- It's all natural. It's great. I can send it to you I guys. sugar my asshole? Yes. No, and there's Actually? that too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, Wait. it's amazing. <laughs> Actually send it. How do yeah. you oh, do I it yourself, though? Because... So next up, a tutorial on how to wax your own asshole. Put it on the OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I have not shown my H-O-L-E yet. Really? See, that whole thing to me... That's can the we, gold this, the, Yeah, but I've never sent a whole, a whole pic. I can't even say it. Like... <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It seems so much more it's so much more pornographic somehow than anything else. Yeah, it's like looking into your soul. But also I like think I think the ass is beautiful, but like I don't wanna see your whole maybe this is just my personal opinion, but like I like my ass, like the whole I'm just like I don't unless you're putting your dick in it, like why do you wanna see it? Ian, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Definitely this podcast. That's what you said last time. <laughs> I know, and That's it good, still though. is. Was waxing asshole good? Yeah. Are you going to bleep out hole? No. It's like ass. Ass beep. I haven't put up an H-O beep. <laughs> this whole conversation has had such uh, scale from like lawyers chaotic. and investors to like personal revelations <laughs> to now yeah, we end we on waxing asshole. This is all encompassing. Masterclass. Oh, yeah, masterclass. Yes. Literally. Um. 
How about you, Aaron? What's the gayest thing you've done? I, I took photos for my friends, OnlyFans, who is a porn star. Work? Yeah. Work. So that was Girl pretty... So I imagine unlike a like professional like fashion photo shoot where there are like dozens of people on set and it like mm. could not be less sexual like even if someone's in the nude because it's it like was you have room. yeah exactly like what is that <laughs> environment like when it's more intimate between photographer and model I mean I'll talk about that like my my shoots mm. are me and I just have one photographer who shoots Taylor shoots all my stuff. And I think it's, I'm very comfortable, like, in front of him, so it's easy for me to, like, get naked and, like... But, like, That's if good. people have a whole set, like, fuck, like, budget. Budget. I mean, it's, I don't think it's necessary, because I It's feel like, not. I feel like you know what else is crazy? Yeah. Authenticity. Like, this yeah. is insane. Oh, I feel like there's so much I want to mention. We need to have an OnlyFans podcast. I'm grabbing Let's the mic. This is crazy. This is actually something I learned with OnlyFans. I did three photo shoots before I launched, right? Yeah. Starting my OnlyFans and I'm like uploading all this content and all the requests are like, can we please just get selfies? Can we please just get like mirror pics? I'm yeah. like, bitch, you want mirror pics? Like, that's yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Like That's exactly what two of my friends said who have them together. Seconds. They're like, yeah. we, they don't want to set up. They want you to hold the fucking camera while you're having sex. It's, it's they want to feel like they're there. Yeah. But I also love the like, artistic creative like, yeah. vibe too. I love both. A little bit of everything. Well, you can take your A own little bit of everything verse. A little bit of Lexus. Well also there's so much more plausible deniability when it's like artistic. It's like it's like, yes, I was like spreading my legs, but this was like actually a photo shoot for like Comme des Garcons. Like but it's just, like <laughs> yes! you with like a fucking like mirror pick and your dick out. Like there's no denying uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Matthew, where can everybody find you if you want to be found? If I'm not shadow banned on Instagram, it's Matthew underscore Crawford. Oh. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter is something that I've been recently very active on. Really? And yeah. My username is at Wolfboy. It's Wolf with a zero. So like W zero L S B O I. And then. OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com, that's my dick. <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash Matthew Crawford. Ian, where can everybody find you? Uh, Instagram, Ian G. Malone. And you can find me everywhere at Aaron Idelson. <laughs> everywhere. And you can find this Instagram, this podcast on Instagram, Queering the Air Pod, and on any streaming service that you listen to remember to subscribe and give us five stars on apple thank you matt thank you ian thank you so blessed thank to you. have you both au revoir wow that was so fun love you love bye guys bye wet ass pussy